Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing one of my close friends, Lindsay. Lindsay is a copywriter and she started out her career as a CBC journalist and accidentally fell into advertising where she stayed for 12 years as a digital copywriter for brands such as Adidas, L'Oreal and Red Bull. She naturally transitioned into a social media management role working full time at a small agency. After having kids, freelancing made more sense, and after 10 years of taking on clients, Lindsay was ready for a new challenge and began teaching other entrepreneurs how to create their own content. Her background in storytelling combined with years of marketing skills make her a double threat when it comes to creating content and helping others do the same. Woohoo! Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks. I didn't realize that you worked for uh, Red Bull and Adidas and L'Oreal. I knew that I knew that you were working for some big brands, but that's super exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, um, yeah. I mean, I could list a bunch more, but it probably doesn't mean anything to anybody. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm really excited to have you on the show, particularly because I'm in this transitional period in my business right now, where I'm updating my website and just hired a digital agency to do that process for me. So. I would love to dive into some technical questions around copywriting and how entrepreneurs can create content because it's such a it's such a competitive world, you know, in social media, having websites, Twitter, which platforms to use, all those kinds of things. So, I would love for you to just start by by, you know, sharing some of the things that entrepreneurs can consider when it comes to copywriting. So, um a few things I think, you know, and we hear, it's content is kind of a buzzword, right? Like it gets thrown around so much and it, and it shifts so quickly, like especially social media, it shifts so quickly. It's very hard to keep up. So I think, um, you know, and the, and the technical portions of it, you know, like Instagram, for example, it changes so fast. So I've always said, you know, the technical parts of it, you know, that part you can figure out, you can Google and whatever, but you know, the nuggets of your content, like being able to tell those stories and being being able to come up with those ideas, that is something that's kind of more of an art. So I think, um, you know, if like in your case, like I know you're redoing your website and and I know you're somebody who understands the value of, of good copy and good copywriting. Um, and for those people who are listening, there is a difference between couple copyright, like R-I-G-H-T, and copyright, W-R-I-T-E. And I do the second one. I, the first one is for a lawyer. I don't do those things. Um, so, and I know you're somebody who gets it, right? Like you've been in business long enough that you understand the value of, you know, 
using words to essentially sell your product. And at, at the base, that's what copywriting is, right? Like, you know, I'm trained to use words to sell a product or a service. Um, and so, and I think, and it's, I always have a hard time like explaining what I do because that that's what it is, but it's so much more than that. It's like, it really is kind of an art form. And anytime I take on a new project, I kind of have to like, you know, and this is where sort of my journalism skills come in. I always ask a lot of questions, you know, and that's what, that's my journalism training is to sort of ask, you know, listen more than we speak. So I think, you know, you really have to understand what it is that you're offering. You have to really get clear on your message and you have to really like, especially someone like you, right? Like you're a personal brand. It's just you. Um, so you have to get really clear on what you're offering and what your brand is. And like, to me, you, you know, your brand is kind of like, you know, your brand mission is kind of your superpower, right? Like why, what makes Sandra different from someone else? I mean, I kind of know why, but maybe <laughs> yeah. other people don't. And, um, yeah, and I love what you say there because I think one thing, especially on social media, that catches people is they're trying to copy somebody else. They're trying to do it the same as somebody else. And that's not your unique selling proposition. You know, every person, every experience is unique. Every, you know, every product is unique. So telling that story, like you said, needs to be a unique story so that your readers or listeners can actually hear it and understand it and, and, and see the difference. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And I think like anything, right? Like when I started out writing, um, you know, I was copying somebody else's writing style until I kind of found my own voice and until I kind of figured it out. So I think anybody who's new to like a platform like Instagram, sure, like you can follow the trends to start out. Um, and I think it's like anything, eventually you start to figure out your own style and your own voice. And I think a lot of that is where like the messaging comes in, right? Like you have to understand, you really have to be clear on what it is you're offering and you have to figure out how to do it in your own voice. And I don't mean that like, you know, your your voice that comes out of your mouth. Like, I mean, like your brand voice. Like, are you approachable? Are you um, funny? Are you, you know, are you more of a serious type brand? Are you, and you also have to think about who you're speaking to. And I think when it comes to like a lot of technical type products and services, um, you know, like you and I know so much about our own brands mm -hmm. and our own businesses, right? So sometimes you kind of just want to be like, Bleh, and tell everybody everything. So you have to kind of figure out like, okay, what makes sense to the clients that I'm speaking to? And what makes sense to the audience that I have or the audience that I'm trying to attract? Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that stuck out for me there as well is, you know, when you work in an industry, for example, I have a financial background. So there's a lot of financial jargon that we use that the everyday person doesn't understand, right? And so if we're using technical terms, and this is something that you pointed out on my existing website, was there was a few things that didn't make sense to the average person because it was too technical. And I think sometimes we have a tendency of using language or wanting to sound smarter or more educated than we are. Uh, to edify our background and experience, but in the process, we're actually losing sales because people don't understand what we're talking about. 
Yeah, for sure. And it, and it really depends on, you know, it really depends on the client you want to attract. Like you're obviously attracting a completely different client than what I'm attracting. Right. And maybe some of your clients do understand that, that type of jargon and those kinds of technical terms, but, um, you know, you have to think on a bigger scale and, you know, and I've had this conversation numerous times with entrepreneurs that I work with, um, you know, like it's, it's funny, like, and I worked in Washington, DC when I was 20 and I remember there was just so many like documents and everything was like bureaucratic language. And that's actually what led me to journalism school. Cause I just was like, why is, why are people writing these documents that just sound like a dictionary? So that's why I actually went to journalism school. Cause I was like, can we just write how we speak? <laughs> so that's, yeah. Anyways. So I think, and people forget that like your, your voice, the way it is, is valuable. And, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to make yourself sound like somebody else. And like I said, you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you start out that way, sort of following the trends, um, until you kind of figure out what your own voice is. But, you know, my, I think my mission as, you know, a content coach and a content teacher is to help people get there quicker. Um, you know, to close the gap between, um, scrolling, whatever, or watching what other people are doing and trying to copy them. And, and then to just trust their own instincts, um, and to just show up as themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you said there about, you know, having their own voice is powerful because I think we often try and sound, you know, like somebody else because somebody else has been successful. So we will copy them or whatever, but it's, um, it's, it's really tapping into our own expertise and our own, whatever it is that makes us special and unique, whether it's a product Mm -hmm. or service, whether it's our business experience or something that we've achieved or overcome in our life, that's something that nobody else has. Yes. And I think that's where the storytelling part comes in too, right? Like I did a masterclass teaching people how to use reels and I save so many reels and I have all this, like this reels audio in my head. And there's one that's everything is content. Everything is content. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Anyway. So it, but it, it's kind of true. Um, And again, I think that's where my journalism skills come in because for my own content and then helping other entrepreneurs with their content. Like I can, you know, as a third person, I can just be like, this is a good story. This is a good story. This is a good story. And sometimes it has nothing to do with your actual business. Like, yes, for sure. There's a, there's a time you have to be promoting your business for sure. Absolutely. hundred percent. Sometimes, you know, you could just come at it from different angles. Like maybe sometimes it is about your, your dog or your trip to the beach or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, like, you can come at it from different angles. Um, and it's not about everything being content is it's about there are, you have so many stories to tell, whether it is about your business or it's about your love of, you know, formula one, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that I love formula one when you said that? No. Oh my gosh. To a different oh my gosh. That's so funny. Random. That is so funny. I literally am obsessed with formula yeah. one. And I was like, I was like, did you know that? <laughs> no. Referring to someone else. Oh my god, it's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I know that I've done this in the past, and what you said, like everything is content, everything is content. 
Well, I would love to know your thoughts on this one particular thing, because I feel like there's so many people out there saying that you have to stick to your niche. You've got to be speaking to the same person all the time. You've got to be, you know, um, always on brand. I hear this on brand all the time and people will be like, oh, I don't want to post that party picture. It's not on brand. But I disagree with that. I feel like when you post everyday life things, people can resonate with you more. They feel like they're a part of your life. They feel like they have a more intimate connection with you. And, and I think that that builds trust and it builds realism and it builds the, you know, the, the sense of feeling like, you know, somebody as opposed to just seeing the highlights of their life or the highlights of their business or the highlights of client wins and successes. Like, I, I feel like not enough people talk about the normal boring stuff. <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, the niche thing, that's never going away, right? Like, and sometimes, and it depends on who you're speaking to. Like some people really thrive on having a niche. Maybe it's not client facing. Maybe it's just about their, you know, maybe it's something internal that just helps them figure out what to to, to post and to, to write about and whatever. Um, you know, like the curated feed, like that's on the way that's done. Like that's not, I mean, unless that brings you joy, I don't know, unless like you really, that really helps you like, and that makes creating content easier for you, then go for it. Um, but for sure, like the curated feed thing is like, that's no longer what it's about. Um, and I think, yes, a hundred percent, you know, like you and I are talking and we both have terrible hair. What, like we can talk about terrible hair and make, you know, we can make a piece of content about our terrible hair, how we're both showing up. Not that your hair, I'm I'm speaking for my own self. It looks like I have a mullet here. We were, we were, we were talking about how we both just rolled out of bed. Well, I mean, I I just rolled out of bed before recording. Well, with different time zones to be fair. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so the point is, yes, the the whole perfection thing is done. And I think, mm-hmm. I agree, you know, it's, you know, in terms of the stuff you post, like what gets the most traction? Is it that, you know, I know you have a lot of beautiful brand photos, which for sure serve a purpose. But, you know, what do you feel like, or what do you feel best about, you know, like, what do you feel good about when you're posting stuff? Is it the you know, the sexy brand photos or the like kind of when you're just sharing like a random Instagram story about, you know, yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that's a good point is that the, the ones that get the most interaction and engagement and comments and stuff are the ones that are just more real, you Mm -hmm. know, everyday things, everyday experiences, you know, going to a bachelorette party or doing, you know, whatever, um, (laughs) that, that kind of stuff. And, I think there's something to be said about not always selling. I think mm-hmm. selling, selling, selling is, is sure it converts, you know, but there's something to be said about just showing up as like who you are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that some people only sell on their social media and that's, that's cool. True. Like if that's, you know, if that's, if that's their brand and their voice and, and things like them, that, yeah. if that works for them. But I think that, people resonate and feel more connected to somebody that seems more like a real person. Well, it's that's the vulnerability the factor, going. right? Like yeah. it's, you know, that that's what connects us as, as humans. And I think, 
you know, and you have to, and I tell people this, like, yes, there is a vulnerability factor. You have to decide what the, what the, um, what the boundary is for you. Um, you know, like obviously you don't have to talk about something that's super personal to you that you don't want the world to know about. Um, so you have to just decide where that line is for you Mm -hmm. and what you feel comfortable sharing. I mean, I'm a bit of an oversharer. I always have been. So to me, it comes easily. Um, you know, like, especially when it comes to like motherhood and stuff like that, to me, I'm just like, I'm not going to pretend it's all easy peasy all the time. Cause it's not. No. So, um, again, I think that's, you know, and that's what makes you a real person. And I think, and that's what I'm talking about. Like when I say like, you know, the time of the curated feed and everything perfect is, is gone. And I think more of the, the vulnerability authenticity stuff is, is, I don't want to say what's trending now. Cause it's not really trending. It's, you know, it's time. It's just the new norm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what would you, what would you give advice to somebody that is overwhelmed when it comes to posting on either social media or writing emails? I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with. They get in their own head about, like you said, that perfectionism and they start to feel like, they can't post anything unless it's totally on brand, totally perfectly written, uh, you know, and then because of it, they end up not posting for ages or they don't send the content emails or whatever. What's, what's your advice for people that are in that sort of overwhelmed perfectionism loop? So I think, um, you know, I think I would kind of go, I think it's important to just forget all the platforms for a minute and just kind of go back to basics. Like, what is your mission? Like, what is, what is the message that you want to tell to get out into the world? Right. And like, what makes you unique? What makes you special? Like what, you know, what drives you? Um, You know, some of those really important questions. And I think it's about kind of, you know, taking a minute to like, and I, I always tell people, I'm like, I'm the social media expert that's going to tell you to get off social media. Like go, go for a walk, go for a swim, like go, I don't know, go talk to your mom. I don't know, do something other than scrolling through it. And it's so, you know, so funny and I'm guilty of it too. I just pick it up and you're like, um, but I think you, you, you got to put your phone down, you got to close your computer and you got to go somewhere else and really think about like the big picture, what do you, what is your message and what do you want people to, what do you want to tell people? Um, and then I think, you know, if somebody works with me, I think it's really about coming up with those little nuggets, like the, those little story ideas and figuring out what those are first. And then, you know, and then figuring out how to create it in the simplest way possible. And I think, you know, that sort of perfection paralysis is very common. And honestly, this is the other thing I tell people, nobody is thinking about you as much as they think you think they're thinking about them. I, um, yeah, I know, like agree nobody more. Cares. I just said that the other day to somebody. It's like, if you don't show up or you do show up, people don't care. Nobody and like, cares. they're scrolling so fast. They're yes. not reading all the text on There's your stories. No, they're yeah. probably tapping through. Yeah. They, you know, like there might be 1% of your following that is reading all of your stuff. Yeah. And nobody, like if you haven't, you know, if you haven't posted or written an email in a week or whatever, nobody's going to know. No. And I use the story of my husband all the time. Like I used to teach yoga and I always wanted 
my husband to like either come to one of my classes or like go together to a yoga class. And he always said, he was like, well, I have to get good at yoga before I go to the class. And I'm like, no, that's the whole point to learn. Like, and he didn't want to go because like he couldn't touch his toes. And I was just like, dude, nobody gives a shit. Like nobody's looking at you in the yoga class. They're too worried about their own downward dog. Like nobody cares. Yeah. So no, that's a, that's a really good point. I remember, I remember someone saying that to me too. Like, oh, these people are going to look at me and judge me. Like, no, everybody is there for themselves. Yes. There, there was a personal development um, conference that I went to. And one of the presenters said, nobody cares about your story. They only care about their story. Mm. And you Isn't know, like how many times? Yeah. And it's like, how many times do we post something on social media, for example? And he's not talking about Instagram stories. He's talking about like their life story. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And we think that people care so much about us when they just don't Mm -mm. like they follow us, they follow 1500 other people and they are coming to our accounts or our emails for a microsecond. And they might stop if there's an eye catching photo or if there's, you know, something that looks different or unique, but they're not sitting there reading every caption, reading every story that you've got a big blurb or reading the captions on stories when you're talking like most people are just tapping through like wildfire Mm -hmm. (laughs) so how do you stop them right yes and I think it's 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 really about your energy too right like someone just told sent me a message this morning a client and she just was like she said something about my energy and I was like yes this is the whole point of it right like this is and and that's another thing um you know I feel like it is often missing it's, it's often not, it keeps leading me back to this whole, like, you really have to trust your intuition. Um, and you really have to like, you know, I know you have a dog. Um, like when I take the dog for a walk, that's usually when I get all my best ideas, right? Like I'm out in the woods, whatever. And I always are in the shower. Um, which let's be honest, I, (laughs) there's not a lot of showers these days. (laughs) So it's mostly the dog walking, but I feel like that's where the that's I'm the same. Yeah, that's where the good ideas come from, right? Like when you're yeah. disconnecting, when you're, you know, you're not in nature. It. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally agree. When I take my dog for a walk and I listen to a podcast, I will come home with a million yes. new ideas and feeling so energized. Mm-hmm. And literally, if I open social media, I will lose all yeah. those ideas mm-hmm. because it just. And you know, even my podcast manager said this to me one day. She was like. When you spend 15 minutes on social media, how do you feel after? You're like, ugh, drained, comparison loop, you know, questioning yourself, feeling like you should be doing more of something. Whereas when you spend 15 minutes listening to a podcast, you feel inspired, you feel energized. You're like, wow, I filled my brain with knowledge just now, mm-hmm. as opposed to feeling your brain with crap. Yes, I know. Right? Like, <laughs> but yet, I know. But we're so addicted to I it. Know. Why? And it's like, there's some sort of, you know, and I, I talk about this with like other people in my industry. I'm like, where's the line between, you know, research for my business and like mindless scrolling? You know what I mean? Because I'm like, scroll hole. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I have to, you know, and I don't know. I have to, I don't know. I had a therapist once. Yeah. And she's like, every time you want to pick up your phone, like get a crossword puzzle book or something. And I was like, well, that seems smart. Yeah. Yeah. Or like go and write in a journal or something. Mm-hmm. 
It's like what's coming up for you right now when you're when you're picking up your phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Okay, <laughs> let's talk copywriting for websites and sales pages and stuff like that because I would love to know this. I'm sure there's lots of other people here that would also love to know this. What are some things that you need to consider when you're updating your your copywriting on your website? Uh, let's say let's talk homepage first. So, I mean, it just has to be very clear, concise language. You know, we just talked about like attention span. Um, and I think you have to have a digital presence. You have to like, whatever it is, if someone's going to Google you, like all those things are going to show up. Right. So, and I think, um, a lot of times, like, you know, we talked about jargon a little bit. It just has to be the biggest mistake I see is there's a lot of repetition. Um, and there's just too much, there's too many words. So if you can say something simpler, do it. Like there's a lot of words you can take out. There's a lot of words that mean the same thing. Unique, original, those both mean the same thing. You don't need to say unique and original. You know what I mean? So I think it's really about keeping it simple. So I think like if it's not me, maybe it's a friend or somebody, you you need somebody else's eyes to go through it because someone else can see what you can't. And like, you know, I would suggest a professional, somebody who is an editor or copywriter, um, you know, to, to just go through it. And it's, it's, you know, because that's your first, that's people, that's, that's your, that's your connection to potential clients. So it, it is, a, it is an impression. Um, and, you know, granted, not all your clients or copywriters are going to be like, rum, 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 there's a mistake here. So, you know, like people are always share, scared to like, I don't know. I find mistakes in like venues and stuff. So people are always, always scared to show me things they write. I'm like, I'm not touching you. I'm not, you know? Like, yeah. Not. Yeah. No, but it's true. And what, what you said, taking the duplicate words out and not, not filling your page with fluff just, because just to you make feel it like you sound. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think less is more. Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned mm-hmm. is that, you know, when we're talking about that attention span thing, less is definitely more on, on websites now because People want to get to the point fast. They want to know what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. What are they going to get out of it? What's the outcome, you know, and how much does it cost? Yes, 100%. That's it. And that, you know, and you don't need much on your website. You need like a about you, you need your services and you need like, you know, how to work with me or whatever. Like you don't need a ton mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I, there's, I find it so funny when people's websites who are, you know, like in my local entrepreneur group or whatever and you know, they want to be known as like a graphic designer or a web designer or whatever. And their websites are terrible. Like I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that notices that, but I kind of feel like, you know, you have to, <laughs> you have to invest in this stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, and websites don't have to be permanent. Like, you know, you can change stuff as your business grows and as your, you know, as your goals shift. And that's the other thing too, right? Like not everything is you know, not everything is set in stone. Like if you have a, you know, like we talked about niche, if you have a niche today and you change it in, you know, six years, that's fine. I spoke with a client once who, you know, she, she wanted to start like a whole other sort of different business. I think she was like, um, she was an RN and she wanted to start this other like business. And she was like, I guess I'll start a new like Instagram, um, profile. I was like, no, don't like just, she was like, well, won't people on my Instagram just be like, why are you posting all this new stuff? And I was like, no, nobody, nobody's going to know. Just shift it and start posting the new content for the new business. Like you don't have to start all over again unless that brings you joy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I love what you said there because that was actually something that I went through a couple of years ago. I rebranded. I used to be sweat with Sandra on Instagram and it was a fitness page mm. and it was all fitness videos. That's how I grew my following. I had up to like 27,000 followers. And when I, so I've got about 19 and a half thousand right now. And when I first transitioned, of course, there were a lot of people that started unfollowing because I went from fitness to finance. It was totally different. The content I was putting out there was totally different. I wasn't in sexy workout gear anymore. All of a sudden I was wearing suits or talking about money and numbers and spreadsheets and this and that. And it was like, you know, for sure I lost people, but those were not my people. They were not the people that were evolving with me and my business and the ones that did stuck around. So at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, like, is this an ego metric Mm -hmm. of worrying about losing people because you're transitioning or are those just not your people and you're transitioning into a new business and the ones that are going to want to stick around are going to stick around. The ones that don't are not going to. And that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean that your new business is not going to be a success. It just means that those people are not interested in the new stuff. And that's totally fine because we are not interested in everything our friends and family and current following are doing. So why would we expect our followers to be invested and engaged in everything that we do? Yes. It's just not reasonable. And that is a total, like that's totally normal part of the process. Like people are going to unsubscribe from your emails. People are going to unfollow you. People are going to mute your whatever. Like, you know, that's a, that's a totally normal part of the process and you can't, you can't please everybody. And I think, you know, that's the thing. Like people with, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, they use, they lose like 6,000 followers a day and then they gain another, yeah. you know, 12,000 the next day or, or whatever. 12,000, you know, yeah, like exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It means, it means zero. And I, you know, and that's why I don't really teach metrics and stuff and like analytics and whatever, because I find that people sometimes get really obsessed with those, those numbers. And it's, it's like not, it's just not that important. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with things like views. I know for me personally, I fear posting reels because I'm like, Oh, it doesn't, it's not going to get a lot of views, but like, who cares if If three of my, yeah, exactly. And if three of my ideal clients listen and they get something out of it and then they sign up, then that reel served its purpose. Yes. So the only three views that actually matter are the ones that are converting. Mm Mm-hmm. And a reel right? doesn't, you know, a reel does not have to be dancing and lip syncing and whatever the hell else. It can just, it, it's really just video. That's it. It's a one minute video. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, you know, obviously there's some parameters and stuff that just, just makes sense, but it's not, you know, there's not this like formula or prescription for it. It's really no. just, it's just video and you can play with yeah. it however you want. Yeah. I do love your dancing reels though, I have <laughs> <Thanks>. to say. <laughs> yeah. You always make me laugh. I'm like, look at Lindsay showing up, just going for it in her living room. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So while we're on the topic of content, why don't we talk about for a second, what's the difference between a content coach or in, in your case, what you do, like you're a copywriter, you're a journalism background. You've also got a marketing degree. When would somebody work with a coach versus a manager? like a social media manager and what, and what's the difference, I guess. Well, you know, it just kind of both attract different kinds of people. 
And I get it because for the longest time I was taking on my own social media clients and doing people's content for them. So, and there's a lot of really talented people that do that still. Um, so I think it just depends on the type of business you have and, you know, your business model. Somebody who would like want to outsource it is someone who just, you're like, I don't want anything. To, I don't like, I don't care about it. Just take care of it. I don't want any part of it. So, um, you know, someone hiring someone to do it, it depends, you know, like, like they'll make the content for you and put it out there. Um, that is probably somebody who's not expecting any return from it. Um, they're not really, you know, they just want to have an online presence. So somebody like me, um, you know, you would work with somebody like me if you really wanted to uh, have control over your content and you, and you understood the value of the, of the energy behind it. Um, and I think for people, you know, somebody like me or somebody like you, like you are your brand. I am my brand. Like I'm a one person business. So I feel like, you know, I, I want to be, I want to show up as me on my social media and, and in my content. Um, I don't, and especially cause I'm like such a word nerd. I'm like a weirdo. Like I can't, that's not something I could outsource because. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like it's, so yeah. I think the, it's two different types of entrepreneurs and it's two different types of business models and it's two different types of goals. So I think, you know, like in the coaching industry, I think that would be very hard to outsource because it's you, like you are the face of your business. Mm -hmm. So I think you know, it depends what it is. Like if you're like, I don't know if you're a hardware store or something like I don't, maybe it would make sense to outsource it, you know, like totally. that's what I found with my business. It was, it was, it was too hard for me to outsource the, the copywriting for my posts. Like I couldn't just sort of supply my social media manager with a bunch of posts, uh, with a bunch of photos or reels because she didn't know what I was trying to communicate. And mm -hmm. only I know that because that's my business, you yes, know, financial all, coaching it's like in your head. It's yeah. in my head. So mm -hmm. it was like, and sometimes I wouldn't think about captions or think about posts until there was something that inspired it, whether yes. it was a conversation with a client, whether it was listening to a podcast or, you know, talking to my mom, who's a senior financial planner, been in the industry for 35 years. Like all of those decisions and and value comes from my own head yeah. so for somebody that is looking I guess in my case because you know the listeners obviously know who I am or I hope they do anyway <laughs> but um you know it the way that I look at it is for somebody that's in like a service industry where you're either a coach an online entrepreneur of some sort hiring a content coach like yourself, a copywriting coach to explain how and why we, we communicate certain things and how to tap into our voice more in plain English yeah. to make it easy is going to be more valuable than outsourcing and hiring a social media team, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you understand how to produce your content, you can then do it yourself. Now, obviously the things like creating Canva graphics and, and all of that is something that takes time. And maybe you want to outsource some of those. So if you're writing quotes or if you're um, creating graphics for a course launch or something like that, like for sure you can get help with that. But when it comes to the everyday 
posting and caption writing, it's very hard to outsource that. Mm-hmm. It's got to be coming from you, as you said. Yeah. When I feel like, you know, we started these businesses for a reason, right? Like, you know, it's usually it's something that's really close to us and close to our heart. And, you know, like our businesses ebb and flow as as our energies ebb and flow, right? So I kind of feel like, doesn't it make sense to to take control of your own content as well? Because that's, that is your, that is your face to the, to the world, you know? Yeah. So, it's, it's our way of communicating our unique selling proposition. Yes, exactly. exactly. Our, our USP. Yeah. So what about emails? Are emails different than social media in terms of content? I mean, a little bit. I mean, but still the ideas are the same, um, you know, and I think, what people forget is that you can repurpose one idea a bunch of different times. So, you know, they're just written differently. It's just written differently. Like you have to, you know, and some, I, it's so funny, like email's been around for so long. So I feel like people feel like it's, it's coming back sexy. though. Yeah. Um, it's coming back. I feel like a lot of people will stay subscribed to emails that they actually want to read. Mm-hmm. And then they will unsubscribe from, you know, marketing emails or you get a target mm-hmm. email because mm-hmm. you bought one thing at target or whatever. <laughs> oh, right. And so you, unsub- so you unsubscribe from the brands that you buy something once and then you get blown up about their mm-hmm. email on their email mm-hmm. list. But for people like, for example, you and I share a business coach. We, we work with the same woman and, Every time I see her emails come in, I always read them because they always have value. I get so yeah, excited I about always, her emails. <laughs> I know. I get so excited about her emails. There's always value in it. There's always yes. something I can learn. And so, of course, I'm going to read them, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's the point is like, are you writing your emails for you and your business or are you writing your emails to add value to your audience so well, that they can balance, learn something? Right? Like it's got to yeah. be, and I think... You know, and building an email list is a whole other, you know, that's like a whole other topic. topic. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is important because, you know, like social media is very sexy. It's also free. So like on the one hand, like why would you not take advantage of it? It's free. Um, however, it's still real estate you don't own, right? Like the social media blackout of mm-hmm. whatever it was, 2020, when everything went down. Um, so those people who didn't have an email list, you know, they had no contact with their clients and with their their audience. Yeah, totally. So I think, you know, and that's why having a website is also important because that is something that you do own and it won't go away. So yeah, for sure. Emails are important. And I think, you know, like, and people like to be, you know, when you think about how you absorb, you know, like the news, I don't watch the news anymore, but you know, like my mom likes to watch the news. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I, get my news from Instagram Twitter or Instagram um, or whatever. Some people yeah. like to read, you know, the newspaper online or whatever, you know, my in-laws get an actual paper delivered. So, you know, like eh, your clients absorb information from different ways. So I think, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Like I said, you can have one idea, you post it on Instagram, you put it on your Facebook page, you make a podcast about it and you put the same thing in your email. Like it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, that's something I definitely need to do more of. I feel like I only really focus on Instagram, but it could be also on LinkedIn. It could mm-hmm. be on Twitter. It could be on email. You know, you just take the caption, you take the photo, you put the photo at the top of the page and then you just put the caption in it. Mm-hmm. 
right? And people might actually read the caption if it comes through in their email, whereas they might just double tap because they liked the photo on Instagram. The big difference in email is like the subject line is like mm. the, the, you know, it has to be some sort of hook. It has to be some yeah. sort of like, um, it has to be interesting enough that people will open it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that totally. piece. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, everything needs a hook really, but especially email. Like you have to be kind of crafty with the subject. Yeah, I agree. And the, and the little preview, I think even yes. it's yep. like, it's almost like you can, um, you can, you've got sort of two kicks at the can with the preview yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we could talk about this for ages. Um, <laughs> is there any last piece of information that you think that people need to really be aware of when it comes to writing or, or communicating their brand voice? Is there like one, one oh little God. nugget that you're um, like, if, if you learn nothing else in this podcast, then, then just what, show up, the... just start. Like, mm. you know, when you learn to ride a bike, you probably fell off and scraped your knees a bunch of time. My son just took off his training wheels. He's covered in scrapes, scratches. Yeah. yeah. But you just keep going. That's a good point. Like, you know, yeah. you just keep going and it, and eventually you figure it out. Like if you go to my Instagram and scroll back years and years and years, there's no niche. There's no nothing. Like it's useless. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's trial and error, trial yes, and error, trial yes. and learn, just right? Keep going. Throw up yeah, and just a great keep going. One. I think I need to take a, a page out of your book because <laughs> I get really in my head about writing emails and the only emails that I send are my podcast emails. And I have so much content on my Instagram that I could literally just yes. plug into an email because yep. I write long captions. Yes. In, so just put in that in into photos. an email with an image. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. I've got, <laughs> I've got welcome. some work to do after this. Uh, thank you so much for the people that are listening. If you've made it this far and you had a little laugh with us, go check out Lindsay. She's absolutely hilarious. She's great at what she does. You can find her on Instagram at Lindsay copy coach. You can also email her hello at lindsaysmithcreative.ca. Again, on Instagram, Lindsay copy coach, and her website is Lindsay Smith creative.ca. So we'll link it all down in the show notes as well. And do you have any courses or anything coming up that you want to tell us about before we sign um, off? Right now, like I'm taking on personal clients um, and then I'm working on some, some group coaching programs, um, TBD. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, go check her out on Instagram. You can keep up with all of her program updates and Lindsay, thank you so much. Oh, I love chatting pleasure. to you as Thanks, always. We, uh, we, we always have a good time. We yes. always have a laugh. So <laughs> thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey. Honey.